Welcome to City Life Church Podcast. Our desire is that all may come to know Christ and fulfill their purpose in life. We welcome you to head over to our website for more information. God bless you and enjoy the message. For those of you who are guests or visiting this morning, I had recently had back surgery and uh, God is faithful getting me through this and, and doing much better. I think our tech team, they do an amazing job. I was just watching that video. Of course, I was able to preview it earlier, but just the giftings that people have in our church is amazing to be able to do things like that. You would think that we had to contract that out or bought it off the internet or something. No, that was all done by good people here, and so it's amazing, and I love that. And The good thing is everybody has gifts and callings, and when we're functioning in those areas, we all were blessed and we're fulfilled in that. And so it, I'm glad that God made us all different and gave us different gifts and, and talents and callings. And, and we're all just continuing to grow in those things. So I'm just excited about what God's doing. And last week, being able to just hear this great message that Tony shared about the kingdom of God and putting the kingdom first. And, and I was thinking about that. And of course, I approached Tony very quickly and I said, hey, let's is it okay? Can we do a class? Can we do a class? Because people are wanting to, how can I put this into practice? How can I put the kingdom first? How can I receive those blessings? How, how can my life change and be better for it? And so what, how can I learn these things? So we're going to do that starting Wednesday at 6.30. So come on out Wednesday at 6.30 and le- learn some things about kingdom principles and uh, some things about our lives that's interactive. We can ask questions and conversations and just talk about the goodness of God. And I love that. You know, it's not about me. It's about his kingdom. And and that's important for us to understand that. And I was reading recently in the book of Daniel, and it talks about these kingdoms that were established. And each kingdom would come to an end, and then another kingdom would rise up. So a kingdom would have problems, challenges, and it would fall, and then another, another kingdom in its place, and it continued on to talk about one kingdom replacing another, and it just was going on and on and on. Then it goes on to talk about during the reign of these kings and kingdoms and all that were happening, that it says the God of heaven yes. will set up a kingdom yes. that cannot be shaken, cannot be destroyed, and it will be an everlasting kingdom that he is establishing, and it will conquer all, it will crush all kingdoms. And it's a kingdom that will last forever. That's exciting. And that we are a part of that kingdom. We are kingdom people. We need to be kingdom-minded people. And so we can learn more about this on Wednesday night. It will stand forever. It will last forever. We sang about that even this morning. I saw in a couple of the songs. Well, I want to jump into, this is basically my final part of the series that we've been doing and had some things with dealing with my back that went on. And so I've, I was very much appreciative of Jeff and Tony stepping in and, and bringing excellent words and courage. I love the fact that we have people in this church that are gifted and called to speak and communicate. And so that's good. And I'm always very confident in that. And I love to be able to receive. And I do receive from those that speak in this house and others and so it's good, but this building lasting community we've been talking about for, for a few weeks, and so I just want to kind of wind that up as we're moving into next week, our Grow series, and I'm excited about that, 
And uh, we're going to put out some daily narrative videos that you will have access to. And we'll talk about that a little bit more next week. And uh, have some things as we go down this journey of growing in every area of our life. Because we want to we grow, don't we? And we want to go to that next level, whatever that is. And whatever area of your life that, that needs to happen, we're going to talk about all those things. So I'm excited about that. Lord, I just pray that as we spend a few moments in your word and discussing and talking about things that have to do with community, have to do with you, and have to do with us, and have to do with others, but God, that you will speak to us those things that you want us to hear, that our hearts will be fertile, prepared soil to receive the seeds that are sown today. And we just thank you for your loving kindness, your greatness, your gentleness, your mercy, your grace, everything that flows so easily from your throne to us, we receive this morning, and we are so thankful for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Well, our relationship with each other, each other as believers is what the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful or not. Yeah, this is interesting because this is how it works. Our relationship with each other as believers really is what the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful or not. And Jesus tells his disciples this in John 13, 35. He says this. He says, this is how everyone will recognize that you are my disciples. When they see the love you have for each other. That's pretty basic, pretty simple, but it's tough, isn't it? It's tough because for us to know, you know what, man, I, I'm not treating my brother that well or my sister. Or I'm, I'm not doing what I should be doing here. But that, this is a, a plumb line for us. And, and verse 34, it's the fundamental law of the kingdom, the verse before that, talking about loving God yeah. and loving people. Yeah. Uh-huh. It comes down to these two yeah. commands that Jesus gives. Yeah. Love God, love people. It's as basic as that, but it's not that easy, is it, at times? We can say, oh, I love God all day long, but does it translate into loving people? Because they go hand in hand. Here's something, a statement that I want to say. When we say yes to accepting Christ as our Savior, we don't really know this necessarily at that time, But when we say yes to accepting Christ as our Savior, we say yes to deeply loving others. We don't necessarily recognize that, but we should learn that pretty quickly. Uh I remember Tony had shared this last year at some point, or he said it even to me in conversation, and he's told us this. He, He says, I'm not necessarily that guy who you think is excited to be in front of people or to have conversations or... I'm this shy guy, but he said, the moment that I accepted Christ as my Savior took away my right to be that person who has all the excuses in the world to stay away from kingdom business. He said, it caused me to say yes to everything that Jesus said, which is disciple people, talk to people, love people, Mm -hmm. those things that not all of us necessarily feel comfortable doing, but that's part of the package. But don't feel like you have to do it like somebody else. So don't get like all worried about, wow, if I can't do it like this person or that person. Do it like God has created you. But there is a box you have to get out of, that comfort zone. We come up with all kinds of excuses. Well, God didn't make me that way. Well, he made you the way you are, but he also 
said, I didn't make you this way just to leave you that way. You're growing, you're stretching, you're coming out of that place of being the me world. Remember when I said we need to break up with ourselves? We need to become kingdom people, and we need to be those who are connecting with people, because that's what he's created us to do. Understand that this command, if you look historically in the Bible, that the Jewish tradition, they went through this whole thing of law and religion and all these things, and they were, because the command of love didn't start just right there in the New Testament. It's Old Testament. But they had messed this thing up so bad with all of their rituals and their laws and all of these things, their traditions, that it moved and shifted the people away from that loving others, and it became this thing about complaining and about do this or don't do that, or man, that person shouldn't do this or that, and this, it took this whole love aspect, the brotherly love, and the, it became forgotten and obsolete in some, some areas. And so when Christ came and said, I have a new commandment, in a sense... It was new to them because they hadn't lived that. They hadn't understood it because of all the things that they were taught and put into them that took them so far away from the command that God had established from the beginning. He said, I'm bringing a new command. And and it wasn't just love people. What does he say? Love as I have loved. So that's a new command because, wow, what level of love is that? That's called sacrificial love because he gave his life. He was willing to give his life. He loved that much. And he says, I love others as I have loved you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he showed it. He demonstrated it. You know, are we willing to go that far? In 1 Peter 1.21, it says, you were cleansed from your sins when you obeyed the truth. In other words, we were forgiven of our sins when we accepted Christ as our Savior. When we obeyed, we understood this is truth. I'm taking that. So we were, we were forgiven. We were cleansed. But it goes on to say, so now you must show sincere love to each other as brothers and sisters. Love each other deeply with all your heart. That encapsulates what I'm saying this morning. This is in the Bible. So we need to be so strong in our relationships with each other that not even Satan and all of his demons and all of his tactics can come in and destroy and break that up. He tries to do that all the time, doesn't he? Comes into your family, your marriage, your whatever. Maybe you have a get in a fight with your neighbor, whatever it is, or somebody in the church. And over the years, I've seen this happen so often. The enemy's able to come in and destroy relationships. Because that's what he, he's about. Yeah. Yeah. Steal, kill, and destroy, right? That's his name. Yeah. But God wants us to be so tight and so solid in our relationships. That's why he talks about this and he says, come on. Come on, you got to do that. You can do this. This is part of who I am. And this is part of who you are. And this is what people look at. They observe. They see how you treat each other. How do we treat each other? He designed this and he established it through Jesus. And I begin to look back and I say, a lot of things have changed since, you know, you look at over time. The three and a half years that Jesus spent with his disciples and he invested in them and he spent time and he loved on them. And a lot, a lot of things, he demonstrated what unconditional love was to his disciples. Because yeah. if anybody had the right to ditch him, he did. Yeah. But he demonstrated unconditional love through this whole process. We become so quick to judge somebody, throw them under the bus, call them out. 
I'm not going to be associated with them. Oh, they make me look bad, or this or that, or, 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 or. And we have all these things in these, that we have put in these contingencies in our relationships. Well, I'll do this for them unless they do this to me, yeah. or until this happens. I won't do anything. I'm not going to do anything for that person until they tell me they're sorry. Whatever, all these things that we have in play in our daily life, or, 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 or. And so I was thinking about that, and I thought, maybe we need to be reminded about how Jesus treated his disciples, who made a lot of mistakes. They got themselves in a pickle or two. They, they made pretty bad judgment calls, and they made bad decisions, even denied relationship with Jesus, even sold him out for some silver. All of these things that happened to Jesus, what did Jesus do through that time? He spoke kindly of them. He showed great concern for them and for their welfare. He instructed them. He counseled them. He comforted them. He prayed for them and prayed with them, vindicated them when they were accused of things, and he stuck up for them in public. He stepped in ways that, to keep them from being run down or run over at times by people. He publicly demonstrated his love for them. He reproved them. Yet compassionately, he stood with them in their worst decision-making times. He was there for them. He stood with them. Their failings were great. He sometimes had to excuse them, say, you know, hey, these are my guys. I love them. He washed their feet. I mean, he went out of the way. He demonstrated this unconditional love for them, showing them how to love one another no matter what. And that's what he did through that time. He loved them all the way till the end that he, when he went to his father and left the Holy Spirit. But he demonstrated these things. So we have something to pull from in this process. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 3 to 4, says this, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can nag on others, criticize others, throw others under the bus. No, so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. And you can't say, well, God hasn't given me comfort. No, he's demonstrated in his word all of these things, and he's given us that. Well, he didn't help me when I was in my big mess. And so we conjure up all these things. So I'm not, you know, I didn't feel like I got treated by that person that well, so I'm not treating them back. He's like, I'm giving you everything you need. I have mercy in you. I have grace for you. Now I'm just asking you to transfer that to others. And that's how it works. So it, it made me think about this as City Life Church and the church that we have and what kind of church is it that God wants us to be here at City Life Church and understanding that the Matthew 28, understanding that he says go and make disciples and we understand the groundwork for that, the Great Commission, understanding the Great Commission that we're called to do that. But there's this thought process that I go through of saying what, what kind of base church is he looking for? I thought, well, maybe he's looking for a skilled-based church, those that are skilled, and those we work so hard on our skills and our talents and our gifts, and we've trained and developed, and, and we've done all of these things, which are important to do. 
But is that what he's looking for as our base? And I think about that in a, in a job that I had before coming pastor here. I was managing in a company, and one of my major roles was uh, the purchasing manager for the company. And I had developed gifts and skills for that training and, and education, all the things that I needed for that. And so I had those things in place, and those are important to have those in place. But there was something else that moved the ball over the goal line for me that I'll talk about in a minute. So those things, we have those things in place. And I think about maybe we need to be more knowledgeable about the Bible. Maybe we need to be a knowledge-based church. More knowledge about maybe that's what will be the most beneficial for the kingdom. That we just, if we just know more, if we just have more knowledge, we can be a better church. Well, Bible literacy and all those things, those are important things as we grow in relationship with God and with others, but it's not the target we're looking for of just having more knowledge. Yes. Yes. That's right. Many people God used, I start thinking in the Bible, you think of people like Moses and others, who God says, hey, I'm going to use you to go do this. Ah, God, not me. I don't have any knowledge about that. I, I have no clue. Yes. You're picking the wrong person. So it can't be based on if you just have enough scripture memorized, and there's nothing wrong with memorizing scripture. If you just had a little more knowledge, God could use you. If you just had some more classes, if you could just teach a little bit more, well, like I said, I had a lot of knowledge that I gained for my job. I had that. In the end, when it came down to crunch time for things that I was doing and negotiations that I was involved in, Something else became a much greater key than that. It caused me to think a little bit more. I think, God, what are, what are you after? And then I think about, started thinking about these things. The word that kept coming to me was relationship, relationship, relationship. If our mission is to go and make disciples, can we do that without relationship? No. Our purpose is relationally connected with people and it should be connected in such a way with people that when we talk to people that they are drawn by the Holy Spirit that lives and resides in us, not drawn by us. Because see, here's the deal. Take all the pressure off. You don't have to do anything. It's not your job to save people. Let me give you that right now. It's not your job to save people. All we're called to do is be salt and light and just to be that mouthpiece to maybe encourage or to, to pray or whatever it is we're doing. It's not our job to fix things for people. But it is part of our responsibility to lead them to the one who can, the one who does, and that's Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit will draw them to that place of wanting to follow him. And a lot of that could be based on what they see in you. So we do have a responsibility in that regard. But ultimately, I was, had success in my job because of relationships. I want to tell you a couple stories about that. So I dealt with manufacturers, and I dealt with people who were in decision-making places in those manufacturers. And so I would negotiate deals buying goods for our company. And there's a lot of stuff, if you get involved in those kinds of things, there's a lot of things that go on behind the scenes that you're dealing with all the time. But I remember this one time, we were desperate for a certain product. 
the whole entire country was out of this product. And so we were getting calls all the time for this particular product. And I made this phone call to this person that I had built a relationship with this company over the years. And I said, Sandy, I said, I know that these things don't exist right now. I know you guys are busy making them. And I know that there's a couple people who are large dealers that are ahead of me. I said, is there anything, anything that you can do? And I remember her telling me, she goes, you know what, Steve? I know this other company. She said, they're, they're big. They sell a lot more than you guys do. But she said, you know what? Because of our relationship, because, of, because I, you've always treated us fairly in negotiations back and forth. And you've, you, it's not that you've ever come to me always demanding stuff for you, but it's always been this win-win thing. She goes, I'm going to take some of the inventory that we had designated that's coming off the run here, and I'm going to send it to you guys. And I'm thinking, thank you so much. This is very cool. But at that time, I remember I said, and this is why the owner of the company, who, who was my uncle, and, and he since has passed away, but he taught me something. He demonstrated something to me that I saw in him that he took the time, it was worth the cost for him to invest in people. Yes. He went out and he would fly somewhere or he would drive, call or drive miles and miles just to go build relationship with the customer. And I know people questioned him about that all the time. That's a waste of money. That's not good use of resources. But he proved over the years it was the best use for resources yeah. because it really came down to relationships. Yeah. And he taught me that. And so when I would be on the phone talking with a vendor about their family, about sports, their favorite sport, whatever it was, he would say, that's good. And somebody else would go, what are you doing? You're on company time. You shouldn't be talking about those things. When reality, that is part of, that's how God works. Yeah. So I think about that. And I'll tell you one more story. I was going to bring, I should have brought it in. I forgot. But there's this lanyard that I have. It's in my office and if you want to see it, to, to prove that this is a true story. <laughs> so I had this friend that I'd built relationship over the years with this company. And they had a contract with the NFL, National Football League, for all the communications for, for all the football league. It's a pretty big deal. So they supply all the headsets, all the, the gear in the press box on the field, uh, all that stuff. And so in a conversation one day, he said, Hey, Steve, would you like to come out and help me work the Super Bowl this year? I didn't even say, I'm going to need to pray about it or anything like that. <laughs> I said, I'm there. Well, and I think about that whole thing, and I had the opportunity. It was Super Bowl 30, so it's a few years ago. You can add, I think we're at, what, 52 or 3 or now or whatever it is. But I'll never forget that whole experience. And thinking, I had this lanyard that was given to me that represented their company, but it had a number on it, number six, and the description of what that meant. But that to just the untrained eye or somebody who had no clue, that would mean nothing. It means absolutely nothing when you look at it and you go, oh, that's a silly lanyard. I didn't realize how much power that had because he just gave it to me and he just said, hey, just wear this, where, that way you can you know, get where you need to go. <laughs> I tried it out and it was true. I had complete access to the locker room, the press box, everywhere on the field, anywhere I wanted to go in that stadium all day long during the Super Bowl. And I felt like, this man, who gets to do this? <laughs> but I thought, well, man, this is, this is a sign of favor. But it really came back to relationship. Yeah. 
relationship that I had with this gentleman. And so I think about that, and I think about those kinds of things and how important they are in our life, and it takes time to cultivate those things. The relationships that I, because God has called me to certain things in our community, the relationships I have in our community have been developed over the last 10 years. And they're very critical and very important to me now. And I, when I start on those things, I have no idea what God's doing. But when you look back, you say, God, I see your hand in this. I see your hand in this. And again, he doesn't need my help because he's doing some work behind the scenes. And I just think, God, so thankful for that. And I, I just want to encourage all of us, wherever we're at right now, find a relationship you can begin or cultivate or add to, added value for kingdom business, for kingdom purpose. Because ultimately, there's something that God is after. And it's not just me doing my thing. I realize, Lord, I surrender to you. I surrender to you. It's about your kingdom. It's not about me. Because he said, put first the kingdom of God. Put first the kingdom of God. And then all these things will be added to you. All your needs, all the blessings, all those things. We get it so messed up because it's all about us. God, if you would just fix my problem, then I would think about serving you. God, if you would just get me out of this jam. He's like, are you thinking about my kingdom? No, you're thinking about your kingdom. So there's something about his kingdom. Matthew 22, verse 37 through 39. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. Pastor Steve, you've said that so many times. Yeah, I have. Because it's true and it's in the word and we need to get that within us. We need to get it so deep in us. Everything in scripture, in essence, it boils down to this thing here. It's reduced to these two things. Love the Lord your God with everything in you and love, by the way, love people. Love people. Love those who are around you. If we can grab a hold of that, but it, we, it's hard to do that if we don't put his kingdom first, because as Tony was yeah. talking about last week, we've got to put his kingdom first. If we do that, these things fall into place, and they make yeah. sense to us. They begin to make sense. The love that Jesus is talk about, talking about in this passage is a continual love, yeah. not just a one-time type yeah. of love, kind of gesture of love that, oh, I'll just love this person. So... It's not just a one-time kind gesture of love. It needs to be repeated continually, expressed continually. And these two things can be used as a person's spiritual growth and maturity. As we're growing, as we're maturing, those, these two things working hand in hand together are very helpful. I want to say this. Actually, Brett shared this this morning, this three parts. This love is broken down into three categories. Number one, a person's relationship with God. Number one. Number two, their relationship with other believers. And number three, their relationship with unbelievers. Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's part of who we are and what God's designed. We then grow in our intimacy with God. We grow in community with those who are in the church. Yeah. And grow in influence with those outside the church. God's called us to be people of influence. God told me that when I first started pastoring. I'm going to make you an influencer to the influencers in the community. I had no idea. I didn't know anybody. 
And I just watched the hand of God in that. That's nothing to say anything good about me. It's just saying that God's called us to be influencers. Where is your sphere of influence? You just find where that is. It's not necessarily where mine is. Yours is where yours is. I think about this whole thing that I went through with my back and all the severe pain I was in and all those things. And, you know, God used that time to get me to draw, be drawn closer to him and to trust him and to be patient in this process and know that there's a bigger picture. Because, you know, as, as pastors, you know, I preach these messages and I talk about these things and here are, here are the steps that we do when we get into these challenges and stuff. And I find myself like, oh, Steve, go back and listen to what you told the people a few weeks ago. This is for you. You know, you, you, you talk about this, but you live in it. So I'm looking at God, God there's a bigger picture. So I've, I've been walking every day. Well, that put me in a place to meet somebody down the street from me that I would have probably never met before to have a conversation yeah. now that we're engaged in the conversation. Yeah. You know what he said to me? And I almost started crying. He said, I'd like to be your friend. Yeah. Like, Lord, if that's why my back hurts so bad. I'm okay with that. This man, this guy needs somebody. He said, I don't want to bother you or bog you down. Because when he found out that I was a pastor, he started telling me his challenges. I'm like, God, this is right up my alley. I stopped what I was doing. And like, I'm going to invest some time. So we exchanged phone numbers. And we're going to get together again. Who knows? Who knows? I'm just saying, these are things. Don't complain about stuff. When God de- detours you or whatever, it could be, yeah. it could be yeah. that he has a bigger plan and a purpose. So in fact, he does because he sees everyone. And we so many often just see ourselves. Yeah. I'm in this spot in my chair in my house and I feel horrible. I'm uncomfortable. My back hurts. My leg hurts. Woe is me. God says, just wait, just wait. I'll take care of your stuff. But I've got other stuff that I have called you to do. I know this, this is real life. This is the life we live. This is practical stuff we're talking about here. Our relationship with God requires regular deposits. We have to be doing this thing when we're, when we're relating to him. Because if we can't relate to him in an intimate way, it's really hard then to translate, to relate to others around us. And if we can't receive his love and his forgiveness and his grace and his mercy, then how can we give it to others? How can we receive it from others? So this thing, it requires regular deposits and sustained relationships within the body of Christ comes from intentional investment. That's difficult for us sometimes. Intentional investments. Intentionally taking the time to invest in somebody else's life. Hebrews 10, 24, and 25. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together like we're doing this morning. Because you know what? Church, what happens at church? First of all, I may encourage you to come early. Good stuff can happen when you come early in relationship building. And stay late, which a lot of people do in this church. And I think that's cool. Let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his returning is drawing near. Now, this is scripture, so back then, the, I think the disciples were like, God, Jesus, when are you coming back? Mm-hmm. And every generation, it's like, 
But I think God designed it that way. He wanted us to be in that place of expectancy of him returning. It's that we plan as if he's coming back tomorrow, but we live our life as if he's not coming back for many years. But I had it backwards. Live as if he's coming back, but plan as if he's not coming back for many years. So there's this aspect of we're needing to do things because we don't know if this is the last generation. We don't know. The previous generations, us were saying it was them, right? But I think God does that to keep this expectancy and keep this thing going. We can see that a lot of stuff's going on, that the end could be near, but that could have been spoken of back in 1940, you know, or, or in the, the teens, early 1900s, World War I, World War II. There's different things with people like, oh, here it comes. But here we are today. But so spend time encouraging people, supporting and praying for each other. Romans 12, 15, and 16. I have if our worship team would come up. Romans 12, 15, and 16. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with each other. Don't be too proud to enjoy the company of ordinary people and don't think you know it all. (laughs) I think that's pretty cool. Because some of us get a little bit high and mighty in some of the things that maybe that we think we know and have it all figured out. And I'm not going to really associate with them because of this or that. Be happy with those. This is something that's hard, I think, for people naturally to be able to gravitate to do, is when somebody celebrates something you so wish you could do or celebrate, man, I I wish that was me. Can you actually truly be happy with them or for them? I've really been working on that a lot the last few years of being happy for somebody. Man, I'm so happy that you're on a cruise to Hawaii or whatever. It's okay. I'm excited for people because I, I know that it's a great feeling, whatever that is. But when somebody's going through things, challenging, come alongside and weep with them. We do that in all sincerity when we're in relationship because they mean something to us. If you're driving in your car and you drive by and on the sidewalk, somebody yells out at you, Hey, you're a loser. You're just like, whatever. And you just keep driving. It doesn't bother you. You don't lose sleep that night. But if somebody you had a relationship walks up to you after church and says, you know what, you're a real loser. It, it might hurt a little bit, right? Why? Because there's, there's a relationship. There's a love. There's a connection. And you feel hurt from that. Yeah. You don't feel hurt from the, somebody just passing by. So we, gotta, we have to figure out how do we navigate this stuff in our life that we're able to take some things and and process them it's not about completing some course curriculum it's not about acquiring more truth than somebody else has or or maturing and all all these things there's there's those three distinct areas that we're talking about is really what it comes down to God with people around us and then people in our community. So being relational is a big part of who we want to be at City Life Church. Being relational. Let's stand. We're going to sing this song together that we sang earlier. A great song. If you're here today and you're feeling like, man, I, I need God to help me a little bit in this area of relationship. I've, I'm struggling, or I've been hurt, and 
And so I don't really feel like I want to step out again because I don't like the feeling of being hurt. Jesus was hurt pretty bad by his own guys. But he, he forgave. He, he, he said, no, man, my love is bigger than that. It's greater than that. I'll step to the next level. I'll give my life. So whatever your situation is, just ask the Lord, Lord, I'm willing to put me down, not put me down and talking, but, you know, lay myself down and, and take on more of you, King, kingdom-minded. Hallelujah. Let's sing the song. Thank you for listening to City Life Church Podcast. 